about that time, about that time, about that time, yeah, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. And pick it up right where Kessler left off, it's Broome with the block. Auburn men, talking Auburn men's basketball. We missed you, the jungle is already in mid-season form. No frills, no gimmicks. Just ball. Benny Johnson in transition. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, we're back. Sadly, on a loss, a 12-point loss on the road to the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, you might remember last year we we struggled on the road even with the number one team and had to have some window heroics to beat that. So it wasn't wholly unexpected. But I think a lot of people out there have gotten a you know a little ahead of ourselves with the top twenty five team and how great we did last year. I was saying on Twitter and, and just in general on this podcast that uh, every away g- game win with this offense on this team and how we've been playing is an upset. And it sucked tonight. I thought tonight would be one of those upsets we could pull. It is Georgia should be one of the worst teams in the SEC. So if we're going to pull an away game win, it should have been this one. But the balls didn't go our way. The calls didn't go our way. The offense was bad. Just the overall, that there was not a lot of redeeming factors in this game. And I'm hoping this podcast can be, you know, we might have some more losses this year. And I'm hoping this podcast can be a uh, kind of a way to pick apart what happened and how to talk about it with your coworkers and your friends and maybe kind of uh, some camaraderie around some of these uh, hard-to-watch games. Matt, welcome. Yeah, um, tough loss. We we don't like losing to Georgia. Uh, Bruce really values this rivalry. This is a big one to lose on the road. Um, we swept them last year. And even as bad, we're going to get into so much of the bad today. Um, Auburn came back from down 11 to tie it up in the first half. They got within four, like three or four times in the second half, and they just couldn't quite get over the hump. And um, tough loss. And and I think the bigger concern – well, I'm going to play both sides of this. Some people are going to jump off a cliff because they haven't been around basketball very much, and they you can lose, especially with a team that it struggles to score. Like, like you said, we are going to have more losses. Like, get ready. We're not going to have the undefeated podcast like last year. <laughs> um, but – you would like to think that you can have a bad game or a couple bad games to start SEC play and get better. The question is though, man, some, our, our roles do not feel defined at all on this roster. Like there's weird rotations. There's weird, some of it's been injuries, but a lot of it is just, it just feels like something is off other than bad shooting and inefficient offense. And I think maybe that's some of the stuff we can explore tonight, but ultimately didn't shoot well enough didn't compete well enough at times defensively or smartly enough, which I think you were wise on in our group text. And, um, you know, it's, it's a tough loss. And guess what? You get to go uh, host Arkansas on Saturday. And now that game becomes a little more important um, because you want to defend home court. Like you said, the road games are going to be tough. Can you find a way to beat a, a, a good Arkansas team at home on Saturday? I knew this wasn't a great team. We've known this isn't a great team, but I was really hoping – we could win these first two SEC games so that we could have a lot of hype going into that Arkansas game. Me and Ryan both circled that Arkansas game as the game we're most looking forward to, and this really takes a lot of steam out of that matchup. Still very excited. They also lost to Missouri, but it's just, yeah, we could have really felt like some steam going in. 
Uh, well, usually in these clarify, sorry, for people who might be listening, um, with, they lost to LSU. They are losing to Missouri right now tonight. So they could be 0-2 coming to Auburn, but then that just means Arkansas desperately needs a win. <laughs> we'll both be on desperate mode at that point, but that's part of our, my predictions to keep your rivals down. And if we can keep Arkansas down instead of giving them a bounce back win yep. in our own arena, that would suck. You know, that would hurt even more. So it's, you know, it's, it kind of goes both ways. If we both lose these games, it'll be desperation. And so anything will hurt. If it would, we'd won our games, it would have been, you know, the other way around. But uh, I want to, you know, usually I think we're going to do these lost podcasts as a stat that we, feel like is most indicative of the loss but before we get into that the one thing i might start doing a little bit too just because this is going to be a negative podcast i think and you might hear my tone of voice i i'm not like uh crying or anything i'm not that sad i'm I'm sick so that's an issue so don't don't think the tone or the the more subdued is from the sad loss but uh i'm gonna see if matt can give me something nice here say something nice real quick before we get into all this negative stuff um oh that's that's a good question a little harder for this matchup honestly i just i figured we were going to cascade into so much negativity that we maybe could start with that one tidbit of good because i don't think we can go 10 bad and then follow up a good they might everybody might sign off and stop listening by then so um i like that we bounced back you know broom went down with what we thought a lot of doctors on twitter out there shout out uh people on tv calling it an achilles injury um he went down. Auburn's down 21-10 on the road at Georgia. They cut 11-0 run immediately, bounced back. It was nice to see that. And ironically, tonight, a lot of the good moments were with weird, not the stars that you would expect. And we'll get into that a little more. So um, Flanagan had a couple nice moments, but then disappears a lot. Um, only played 19 minutes tonight. Um I thought Zepp made a lot of nice plays out of nowhere. He hadn't done much and he showed kind of the value of him. Jani Broom, uh, we have got to get Ben on this podcast so we can talk about Jani Broom because our group group chat is just popping with different opinions on Jani Broom. But um, 22 and 12, after potentially people thought he was like out for the year, uh, I thought he battled. I thought he really played his tail off. He played 29 minutes. Um, <laughs> the, the staff, clearly, you can agree or disagree with it, they think Janai Broom is one of the only reliable pieces on this team. Him and Jalen are playing the most minutes every night at this point. Yeah, that was actually going to be my positive little note uh, to go before we go in the negatives. Not necessarily Broom itself, but uh, they've clearly tinkered with this offense. They clearly looked up and said, we are in trouble. This offense is not clicking. It's not growing. It's not going where we need it to be. Johan chance aren't developing the way we thought let's try something new and their new is to feed Jonai broom and Jalen Williams down low. They're looking for that every single time they go down the floor. I, I think we're going to need to discuss maybe if that's going to actually work. It worked from a stats uh, standpoint from Jonai room. I don't know if it's going to work strategy wise for winning, uh, but I just like that they're tinkering right now and, and giving something a shot. And it's still early enough in sec play that we can give this tinker another two or three games and maybe tinker again even. That's all I wanted was to keep tinkering with this team. So I'm hoping I'm hoping it works out. I hope it works great. I hope we turn a corner here. And, you know, Jalen gave us five points tonight. You turn a corner with Jalen giving you 15 or something, all of a sudden this game's different. Yep. Uh, but hopefully we keep tinkering. Hopefully that's something to keep watching with this team. But uh, It's a good point. And, and if you're worried about that, you know, you've been worried. We Look, all coaches, if you watch college basketball, they all get stuck in ruts. They all like to do the same things. They all have certain identities. But I, I just don't know what to tell people. If you've watched Auburn the last since Bruce arrived, what is this year nine? This is so unlike any team he's had. He is clearly throwing 
everything he's got outside of the starting lineup. We talked about that last pod. He hasn't messed with starting lineup, but literally everything else, roles, positions, minutes, plays, offensive strategy, defensive strategy, he is throwing stuff at the wall. So nobody wants to win more than him and this staff. And I think people, you know, all of us, we can have our opinions on a fan podcast and stuff, but like, I see so much like, but that should scare you because they are tinkering so much that we don't seem to have an identity. I think it, I sent y'all a link of what Bruce said in the pregame. He was, he's more concerned about the effort and beating one on winning one-on-one matchups. And it's 15 games into the year. Like, and he's talking about, he has to beat Mike white and they have to beat their, they have to do their job. They have to play with more. They have to want it more than the other team that should be given with Bruce Pearl teams that that is like and I think that I I just feel like that is driving him nuts and I think that shows in a lot of the tinkering that's going on they really just we can get more into this too after maybe the stats but the attitude seems off the the swagger the chemistry and we can get more into that but maybe if you can pick two or three or four I know two big ones I feel off the bat uh stats here my two big ones I feel off the bat I'm sure you have a couple too is uh points in the paint Georgia with 36 at Auburn with 28. Another issue we've talked about with some other games and also fast break points, 10 points for Georgia, four for Auburn. And if you watch our offense, we need the fast break points. We always have in Bruce Pearl's offense, but four tonight is not great. And to be beat on top of that by six more points from them and then points of the paint, we're supposed to be the block party. We're supposed to be the big guys with Jalen and Cardwell and broom and play tough defense. And we just, keep consistently getting roasted in the paint. We keep getting backdoor cuts in the paint, keep getting driven by in the paint. I don't know if it's partly when they're bringing broom out or our centers out, or if it's because we go for the block and then there's rebounds or passes off that block. Well, but that's my two big stats I'm looking at. And I don't know if you have some others. Great stats. Uh, we, you are absolutely right. Uh, you said that in a way that was brilliant given your six status. This is like Jordan performance. Um, Teams are absolutely taking broom away from the basket. Um, in our group chat, we keep talking about who's responsible for these wide open lanes and finishes at the rim. If Castleton, where did Castleton play in that first game when Florida made their adjustment? He played at the top of the three-point line. And Castleton's a good player that you can't just not guard. Um, I don't know about Georgia's big guys. Maybe we should have played broom off a little more, but teams are clearly elevating those big guys to get the shot blocker away, or at least they're doing it more often than they were three weeks ago. Right. I think we can all agree on that. Great eye there. Um, Two great stats too. How about steals? Georgia getting 10 steals to our six when that has to be our identity. We're just not turning teams over. Okay. We actually only turned it over 11 times. I think only three times in the second half, but We've got to turn over Georgia more than 11 times with the style of basketball that we have to play. That's the intensity, huge. The intensity just doesn't seem to be there, right? For that, does where's KD's Hamburglar moments? He I, he was, he's just not out there doing them, yeah. And, and I look, I'm a little, I think Bruce is in a quandary, right? Because on one hand, he's like, hey, our defense only works with effort and energy, and we have to get up in these guys. We have to be kind of psycho the whole time. But what's happening is the guys that are doing that at times fall asleep and get beat back door and get, and and it's a one-on-one straight at broom and broom. I don't think he's a great defender outside of blocks, but he's not terrible. He's not Walker Kessler though. So we can't just be funneling guys to him. So I've been clamoring. I still am 
let's play really solid. I almost want us to play less aggressive and just make teams hit tough shots. Like I, I but that is so foreign is it, to the way Bruce plays. Is that what, what it was last year? It feels like we pushed them and made so much intensity and so much great defense one-on-one that we forced these turners, we forced them to speed their clocks up and really get going. Or was it because they knew Kessler was in there? And then on top of that, we brought that intensity. They knew they couldn't just drive by and hope that that rim was going to be open. And now they can kind of half and half think that or even strategize around that, that we're going to pull the chair out kind of on broom, you know, at times. So it's a great point. And Kessler, what was so underrated about him is he could recover. He could be out guarding the same guy Broom's guarding, but he would somehow get back in the play last minute and get these crazy blocks. And I think that's what we're feeling. I, so- I wish our, our offense didn't suck so much because I've been so enjoying watching Cardwell play defense and his minutes just keep shrinking because we need the offense from Jonai. But even tonight I was watching Cardwell and it's different. You know, last year you watched Kessler go all at the three-point line, follow his guys all the way and get excited when the guard's on him. I still get excited when Cardwell's got to guard him. I don't think that same way with Broom. Nope. And I'm not looking for it for Broom the way I am for Cardwell, but maybe he's not showing it. And that's why I'm not seeing it. Because Cardwell, he is out there making noise when he is playing defense. He is out there, arms wide open, tracking his guys all the way into the into the rim, causing turnovers. He, is, like, he gets steals pretty consistently it's kind of crazy for a guy his size that i usually hate when the big man reaches in because anthony mclemore used to do that and get so many silly fouls at the three-point line but dylan carwell's getting them so keep going big boy and i just hate that we've been even on a run i think tonight where it was like cardwell Jalen, trey and we've seen that a couple times now i think the cardwell trey kind of lineup there that brings kind of an intensity i think we're missing or an athleticism we're missing but then the offense i think we we literally called it out there was a possession there where we played some really good defense and then scored zero points for an entire like four minutes. But our defense was great. We tossed like two we or three turnovers. Two. Yeah, yeah we, we had a couple of fast breaks. One that got a, it was like a steal by Cardwell and then he like got it passed back to him, but then he missed. And then we had another one and Alan Flanagan missed on the fast break and that was it. <laughs> and it was just like, man, great defense, but that's why we can't play you guys every time you can't finish. Everybody wants to complain. Um, I would just challenge people to what would you do? <laughs> Um, I, look, I, I'm officially, you're usually the alarmist, right? That's your role on this podcast. I'm not trying to plant any bad seeds, but are you not slightly concerned of the Dylan Cardwell playing time situation? I'm, I, I'm concerned. I think it all comes down to, they, they've decided that they're working through Jonai Broom and Jalen Williams on offense yep. and they can't do that. If Jonai Broom's not in and Carwell can't play any other positions and Jonai Broom can't play any other positions. So they just have to do it. And it's super annoying because we've seen the intensity that Carwell brings when we thought Broom and that whole little run I was talking about was when we thought Broom was hurt, I believe. And then it was a kind of a run because we they'd gone up on us a good bit. And then we brought this intensity that was different. So it makes you that I think that's where we'll have to get to on, Clearly, Broom did do some really cool things tonight and scored 22 points, 12 rebounds. But it was a lot of volume stuff, 17 shots. Sure. Uh, two of He shot two of five from three. That was crazy. Started off two to two of two from three. And we were like, what is going on? I would have put $1,000 that he would never hit two threes in a game. But then he just kept shooting. So he went two of five eventually. And so, like, even as 22 points, I, I kind of want to just take six off of them because I don't expect that to ever happen again. I don't think, like, this is, 
that those two threes were his second and third three all time in his career over three seasons. So I just, you can't expect that every game. I think some of that was a little like desperation. It wasn't good that he was shooting those. So, well, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, they're leaving him completely wide open, right? They're doing what we just talked about that we couldn't do against Castleton. And he hit two, he was two for five, by the way, only guy to hit two threes tonight. Jalen took five and only hit one. Uh, Wendell took six and didn't hit one. So I'm not going to get on if nobody's guarding you in basketball. Now, may, if, if you can't shoot a three, dribble in and take a 12 footer, but you have to be a threat to score. I actually like that he took maybe not the fifth one, but look, if he's wide open in an offense that we can't make shots at times, I'm not going to get mad about Wendell forcing threes or deny taking open threes. Okay. Unless he's taking six a game and not hitting any, I'm just not going to get mad about it. So, um, what, so what stat are we picking here? What is oh, the one stat that um, was the indicative of this loss? Yeah, I mean, it, it would be easy to just look at all the shooting splits and say, well, we just didn't shoot. We, we made the same number of shots as them. How about this? Uh, we got 16 more shots at the rim than they did and made the same amount of shots. Um, that's significant. But I would also point to this. Um, what if, like... I did, where did most of our offense come from tonight, Jackson? It's all down low from Broom. So it, it should be alarming to the staff and really everybody that we got outscored in the paint by eight. I think you might have mentioned that already. Like we actually were attacking the paint and doing pretty well inside, much better than outside like we've talked about. Um, but man, to get to be outscored by that Georgia team in the paint, that that's not good. Uh, we we that, that's. I'm glad we're on the same same mind there. That's what I was going to pick also as points in the paint. It's the same thing that happened at Memphis when we lost to Memphis in uh, Atlanta. It's We just can't function like that. We I think we've talked about a million times now. We know for sure if, if we can lock one thing in with this team, it's that the offense is bad and it's not getting any better. And no matter what how we move this around, it's never going to be great. We can maybe get it to average. Well, we have to keep teams below 70 points, in my opinion, to win a game. I don't think we're going to win, but – I mean, if we won one game in the SEC where the other team scored over 70, like that's my betting line. It's like 50-50 one for winning a game that the other team scores over 70. So we have to keep them under 70, and we're getting blown by in the paint and all these backdoor cuts and these points off turnovers and points in the fast break. Every free two-pointer, every time we turn the ball over and they go, and they, there's been a bunch of these too, where they turn us over and it is by themselves. No one's even trailing them. Like, how many fast break points have we missed in the last year or two? It feels like a lot with KD and Flanny, and they just not finished on uh, fast breaks. And then we see the other teams, nobody's even playing defense on them when they go down there and they get those two points for free. And that hurts a ton for a team that's not scoring a lot. And so that's part of some of that's the point of the, the points in the paint, you know. And every time they get a backdoor cut that's open, every time they had a play that was interesting, and shout out to them for doing this, they backed down Broom a bit and then inched him out and then made a little pass to a guy cutting straight in there. I don't know who was guarding them, but clearly they pretty sure that was the plan, was to get down there, not to shoot on Broom, was to just pull him out by dribbling it once or twice a little further out. So if you, you just can't. You can't let them score 76. You can't let them score 38 in the first half and expect well, to win games like this, on the road especially. And look, teams are going to score 70, but let's at least make them earn it, right? Like, it's so deba- – you're right, and I, I don't know what issues may be going on or may not be going on within the team. I'm not there, obviously. But I will say this. It is debilitating 
when you're having to work so hard for your offense and it takes one person slipping up, falling asleep, missing an assignment. Uh, I didn't see as many miscommunications tonight, which was good. And Georgia hit some tough shots and that's, but I would feel so much better. Uh, and again, I can't tell if I'm holding them to too high of a standard defensively. Cause I know how good we have to be defensively, but the first two possessions, not to pick on Wendell green. Um, one of them was, what were they? I, I, w- I w- almost wrote it down. I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to have notes almost because one of them was just a three closeout that he didn't even put a hand up, didn't even bother to run over there. Wide open three in the corner, bang. And then the first drive, what happened on the first? He actually got a steal, I think, on the first possession. But then after that, he was way outside looking for a steal and let his guy go right to the rim. And I'm looking at that like we can't give them – and, and we obviously don't need to go down 10, right? That's one of the big takeaways from this game. We went down 11. We fought back once, and we kept just – we just don't have the firepower. You remember that final four team? We would go down 20 yeah. and it was like, we're never out of it. We're it going to go on like, our run. We're going to go on our, just wait, just wait. We're going to hit this threes, team. Not this might, team. So might, might need to turn it off if we go down 10 at any point. Cause it's not happening. <laughs> well, and, and you know, you never know you, you, you do a great job talking about these games. Like tonight's a great example. Like, was there like a 5% chance that Auburn could have pulled that out in the last five minutes. Yeah. But you keep I, watching and you know, it's not going to happen. But I wanted to turn that game off so bad. I was like, Oh, I have a podcast dude. There's something weird could happen here, you know, and I have to know about it. And you just watch. And then I'm like trying to justify like, Oh, well you got to learn little things, little things about this team. Like the fact that Bruce is clearly like trying to make a point in those last couple minutes to be like fouling up to being like, y'all need as much practice as possible. So we're going to keep playing hard, but well, man, it's tough about- to watch. It's tough to watch when you know, your team's going to lose, but they're still trying. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, do you think that Bruce called the dogs off and put the other, so what I'm specifically talking about, he kept Jalen and Janai in, he played Trey, who hasn't played closing minutes. I don't recall if he did. Trey, Zepp Jasper, and Chris Moore. Do you think he was basically throwing in the towel and wanting to use it for practice? I hadn't considered that. Or I think the way he was coaching, it was more of a message of like, we're still in this game, and I'm going to play five guys who are going to bust their tail and cause yep. havoc. And the by the way, they one, did. He was making a point that these guys are busting their tail, and these guys are the guys that actually make, can make some chaos happen and go out there, and the rest of you guys are – slumping and giving bad attitudes and keeping your head down and didn't go after it all game well, i'm gonna put my young guns in that'll do something about it you know my guys well, that'll hustle. and your old guns your old guns and whoever's your- hustling whoever's yeah. hustling you know our um, classic uh try hard guys you know well, i gotta tell you man like that's a risk <laughs> um you think about wendell green alan flanagan and katie johnson in his game in athens and I know we probably we were going to lose probably either way, but I, that'll be a real good test of this locker room and how well they take that. Because I just think that's a significant. I could be overblowing it. That's what we do on the fan podcast. I just I think about those three guys as three of the more vulnerable guys to like something like that kind of sticking with them. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we can officially call points in the paint as our biggest stat for uh, yeah. this game. I think kind of like we do MVP. I wanted to clarify that's what we're picking. But I agree. It, I I think there's some attitude issues that are going to be happening on this team. Anytime you're losing, yeah. anytime you're struggling, things get a little tense. 
but we don't have a star on this team. And, and, and in fact, the stars have moved around and vets are back, but they're not playing super well. And it's Wendell's team or it's Broom's team. Oh, we're playing through Jalen. Oh, Alan Flanagan's been here a long time. And he's a guy. Cardwell and Chris Moore, what great attitude guys that are going to let you hear it and let you hustle. It's too many. It's too many guys that could be trying to grab the bull by its horns. And you're going to like tear the team apart trying to do that a little bit. I think we've all been on teams like that in the past. If you play sports and, and, and I've had this classic problem. I've always had the Chris Moore cardwell problem in my own teams. I've never been great at sports necessarily, but I love it. And I'm intense and I like to talk and I like the strategy and I get into it, but I've never been a great player. And so you can't really lead a team if you're not also leading on the court a lot of times. As much as we love Cardwell and Chris Moore, they're not going to be the ones that can really grab the horns because they can't make the plays when we need them. We don't know what kind of leader Broom is or if he's the future. Wendell's just, I don't know what's going on. We'll have to talk about, we'll have to do a whole deep dive on Wendell here because yeah. I think we kind of decided that Wendell, we're going to live and die by the Wendell and we're dying by the Wendell. And he went 0 6 tonight from three. Here's another and, stat for you. If you're looking yeah. for another stat, if you didn't like our uh, points in the paint, how about Jalen and Wendell shooting three for 21 total? I mean, we were on Jalen Williams. Is he going to score tonight? Watch. He scored zero points in the first half. Apparently he had a three to start the second half that I must have missed at some point because right at the end he got some free throws. And I was like, is this Jalen's first points all game? And like the whole new strategy is to play through Jonai and Jalen, and we're we're waiting to see if he even gets any points at all in the game. And then Wendell was 0-6 from three, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But also he was four turnovers, three assists, which is also brutal because we've talked about that coming into the year is does Wendell make the team around him better? Because we're going to need that this year without a bunch of stars. He can't just go out there and be the point-scoring point guard. He's got to be making people better. Tonight, he did not make anyone better out there. And then on top of that, he was loudly missing from three. I think at least four of those threes were NBA range, early shot clock threes. One or two of them were in the rhythm, which is good. I always support the in the rhythm stuff. I even support like kind of a 15 seconds left on the clock NBA three from him once he's made a pass somewhere. What I don't want is that dribble up the court look around and just take one with ever, without ever making a pass because this team can't handle that. This team has the, needs a guy that can make the rest of them better. They can't have a guy that's just there for, as the wild card. Last year, you could have the wild card Wendell. Can't do it this year. So you just that, that stat line is just brutal. You know, yeah. you just hope it's not. Yeah, it didn't feel like Georgia was even doing things special against yeah. him. It's not like you know, the classic problem we think he's going to have against tall guards and people pushing up on him and double teaming him at the top of the key. He just didn't play well yeah they i thought georgia looked like a mike white coach team i think we have to give him credit he's given bruce trouble over the years if you think about our record against florida it wasn't great florida was never great but they played a certain style they play physical they play really a defensive minded type basketball um i have not watched georgia this year i was pretty impressed with how they handled it but no you're right they switched to a zone some they would they even had some possessions where they were starting man and going zone about halfway through, which I think was a really good decision to get our guys to think and slow down and overthink a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, look, it's always glass half full, glass half empty, right? Like on one hand, how in the world did Auburn was Auburn within four uh, with Wendell and Jalen playing the games they played? I don't know um, with with chances to kind of hang around and steal that game. But the other side of that is maybe George is just not that good. <laughs> and we really kind of missed an opportunity, like you said, to get an elusive road win. So Jalen, okay. I went on, I don't want to even talk about Jalen because he was, he's just invisible too much. I mean, it's just continues to be a problem. You were on that 
you know, I'm his biggest guy, but like I, he played the most minutes tonight because Johan is just in, as invisible, by the way, more invisible when he plays. Um, Jalen's got to be better. And it's got to be driving Bruce crazy because you said it, five or six possessions to start the game. We're getting great looks inside with our two, at this point, best players. You know, maybe maybe Wendell's in there, but like Jalen and Janai, like you said, and we're just not making them. And Jalen had a had a a really great back down where the his defender melted like butter. It felt like he just backed on the he was within a foot. His hand was within a foot of that basket, and he kind of turned around. He even got his whole body all the way around. Still missed it. Unbelievable! I couldn't believe that. I was like, what a move just to completely miss the the basket a foot away from you. Just always with the floaters, always with the backing out of things. And I think this is another comes to my point. I've been saying the whole year, been saying all last year. He could struggle shooting if he would go into the body of people and get some foul calls. Well, he could always be more. He could be more consistent. That five turns into ten almost every night. It, you know? it goes back to man. He he just doesn't look like. I swear he gets hit. He has these leaners. He's getting hit on a lot of these shots, and he's just not getting the calls. And it's almost comical at this point. I think a lot of it goes back to what we talked about last episode. You have to look like you want the contact, and you have to look kind of have a certain like swagger there. And um, he's just not getting the calls and that's going to drive Bruce. Bruce is probably going to get a tech at some point uh, because it's, it's clearly he's getting him inside. He's getting him going to the rim, right? I know some people want him to go dunk on somebody or go do, but he's getting Jalen to the basket and he's going to shoot and he misses the shot and then he doesn't get fouled. So you're right. He needs to, we've all talked about it. I don't even, I don't think it's disrespectful to even focus on him too much with the game he played tonight. I don't even, he's got to be better for Auburn to get to the tournament. I mean, he has to play better. So we've, we've shrunk this roster down to eight ish right now that Johan and and chance aren't really playing. Is it eight? Is it nine? 10 still 10. I guess take out Lior. That's nine. No, it's, it's 10. It's uh, so it's Trey and um, Wendell. It's Zepp and KD. It's Chris and Flan. It's Jalen and Johan. Johan's still playing backup minutes every half. And it's uh, Broom and Cardwell. Okay. Well, and Leor's, just, Leor's 11. Yeah, I guess I guess I was just thinking, I wonder how many of these guys need to have a good game for us to win a game. Tonight, only one guy really had a good game, and it was Jonai with the offense, at least. There were still some issues defensively, but that might be strategy-wise. Maybe Flanagan with 11 points, 5 of 10 from the field. He got some points when we need him and kept us in the game at, at a little bit of times, but how many guys like we have 11 guys, I guess, like you're saying, or 10 guys or whatever it is. Like you kind of just bet that a couple of them are going to step up each game. Even if it's not the same guys, every game, it's going to be somebody in this game. We didn't really have anybody, but one. So like, how many do we need to step up? Is it two or three? Is it pin on the player? Like you just assume that amongst Wendell and Jalen and Katie and who else is on here? I don't know, those three at least, you would consider at least every game one of them to step up. And the fact that all three of those were so nobodies tonight, I guess you add in Brumia, those four players there, and you kind of expect one, like two of the four of those to almost always have a good night, and they just didn't, you know? They didn't. And I don't know what the number is. It depends on the game. But <laughs> the, the question I would ask, taking into account both ends of the floor, and the answer to this question could be zero, by the way, but for the Auburn like standard, how many of those players played winning basketball tonight? Not very I think, many. I think Broom did. I think Chris Moore probably did. 
I think Zepp Jasper probably did. Maybe Flan. Yeah, I think I'd give it to Flan. He 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 kept us in it. In so, little, some little stretches there. And, and I know that's like not stat. That's just watching the game. Like who did their job well, played with that effort and energy that Bruce always talks about, and was up to the the challenge of winning on the road in this league. Like, and and here's the thing. Fans can go crazy and be mad and be frustrated and say the team's bad and it's over and whatever. These guys got to play 16 more of these. Like there is no, um, you better not be tucking your tail and getting upset about this one. If you're on, you know, if you're a player, because you've got to go strap it up against, you know, 12 more teams and 16 more games. And you have these goals. Like you've got to get to nine sec wins probably to, to make the tournament, the big dance. Like we got to, I'm really concerned, not that we lost this game. You did a great job talking about how it happened. We almost lost last year. We lost uh, two years ago in Athens. Like, it's hard to win on the road in this league. We'll say it over and over again. It's more the way we look. That's what has me really concerned. I wonder what kind of strategies Bruce is going to have to get at that that deep bag of 20-plus years of coaching or whatever he's got to get this team looking like a team at this point. I think he thought – he had it at different times this year that we kind of were getting an identity. We we're starting to get there and it's just completely devolved into, I don't know who our stars are. I don't know who our roles are. I don't know who should be shooting what it seems, you know, the, the one thing we kind of know right now is they're working the ball down to Janai and Jalen a lot, but I, he's going to have to make this team believe in something to believe that, th- that something is their way of winning. You know, like he's going to, they need to go out there with some sort of swagger that this this type of game's our game. A turnover game, a fast break game. A, we used to have a three-point shooting game, comeback games. Are we a block team? Are we a defense team? What are we? And we they need to know that going in. They believe that's what we are. And when the game starts coming our way, we know this is our game kind of situation. I don't think they believe in any part of our game right now out there. I don't know if they believe if they know what they should be going after because they don't know their own identity. That's what it is, I guess. That's what it all boils down to identity. We don't have one. We're still trying to figure it out. So I think yeah, yeah. I don't know, the only guys only has two or three more because the momentum's a big deal in SEC basketball and got to get that identity going. Well, let's take a step back too. You you were on this in the offseason. A lot of people were. Like the the risk Bruce took by staying loyal to his guys and and not recruiting over their heads was that we have this great culture, we have this great locker room, we have this bunch of guys who have been around they're winners they and that has shown up this year by the way let's not like be prisoners of the moment we've won a lot of close games closer than we would have liked but i still think that has some value um but man it, it just the, the lack of she a lot of people wanted us to bring a shooter clearly we need we need we need we need people who can shoot like so i think it's fair the way it's played out um and, well look obviously chances. i think this, i think this will be a, a big scorecard or indicative or whatever of what is the future of college basketball you're right he stuck with his guys and said i'll take the these guys that are bonded and these guys that have been through it together and these guys that are hustlers will play my system and be a team and not get too hot or whatever over some of these guys and and risk splintering my team's egos a different thing like recruiting yuri collins over a window green like i wanted so badly recruiting a three position guy over our other guys which i did think we did we just missed i think on yeah. a couple guys but at the same time it was never loud about it so you wonder if next year he, yeah, a lot of these guys are supposed to stick around again but if this team devolves it gets even worse than this i think it's going to be a big uh aau style 
transfer portal situation and it's going to suck and that's just going to be the future of basketball and it's not on Bruce it's on the system yeah. that he's got he's going to have to become brutal about it and it's going to suck his fans because we enjoyed watching players like Cardwell grow over three years and it's going to be tough but it's the future and so we'll see hopefully this turns around and proves right. everybody wrong we, we've got 16 games plus the SEC tournament plus hopefully more after that so like long way to go but we're, we're here to give takes and what we're seeing. And, and that's a clear thing. And we didn't even mention the biggest factor, in my opinion. I mean, the the curveball that Johan and Chance have been, mm. whether due to injury or just not being quite ready or lack of playing time, whatever you want to like kind of put on it, like that clearly is a huge – Bruce wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, and, and so sometimes that happens. Look, all you have to do is look around college basketball – um Kentucky what a couple years ago didn't make the tournament right like they just had a bad year with all the talent and all the stuff like it doesn't take much the way college basketball is now especially in the SEC for you to you we always have felt like with Bruce we're on the top you know edge of like that middle ground line of the SEC it's not a long distance between above the average line and below so we've got to get some stuff figured out our defense is good enough to keep us in games it is. It was tonight. It has been every game this year. I didn't watch Memphis. Maybe not in Memphis, but every other game, it's been good enough. But is it going to be good, good enough against elite competition? You know, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. You know, now we, we just had a cool stat that we were in the top 25 for the entirety of 2022, which was really fun. Looks like we got it in right under the wire, thank God. And uh, it'll be really interesting that the next thing, I think, is this to change the attitude of the fans and everybody on the team, too, that making the tournament is a big deal with this team and it's going to be let's keep the tournament streak going like it doesn't matter if we win or here lose there as long as we're in the hunt for the tournament that's what's going to matter instead of kind of some of our thoughts we might have had at the beginning of the season and it'll be curious to see the the team talk about that let's talk about that um ryan sent a good text in our group thing talking about um you know this team is what they are maybe we should have seen it coming we got our expectations too high jabari and kessler were, which is true by the way we com- we said last year we were going to underrate the value of those two guys and and we did but but what were the expectations exactly for you i personally i've thought that the fact that we were ranked in the top 15 was weird the fact that we've been ranked this whole season has been weird to me um what do you think most fans expectations were and what were yours compared to now cuz i I don't know of many people. Look, I want to defend the SEC title. I want to ring chase. I want to do all that every year until it's mathematically impossible, just because that makes it fun. But I thought this was a middle tier SEC, you know, four, five, six, seven in the SEC in the tournament. That's right. Well, I've been comparing it to that 2019, 2020 Auburn team. Uh, The majority of the time, a lot of veterans on that team. Maybe the offense wasn't very good, but you go undefeated and out of conference, get a little momentum. And then you have a couple teams in the SEC not perform the way they should. And you you pull an upset here or there. And you you kind of had this like momentum going. And like, I don't think we were, I don't know if, you know, we didn't win the SEC that year. We lost to Kentucky by just a game or two. And we got second, I believe. And we were kind of getting hot going into the SEC tournament. I think that's what I was kind of hoping for is best case scenario. We kind of have a bet team that pulls out some close games here and there that maybe they shouldn't have just because they you know, or a little smarter than the other team because they stayed confident. They stayed with a lot of chemistry. I thought that was going to be a big deal. We'd have more chemistry. We'd be playing tenacious defense. And we're kind of a little lost out there. And that's kind of the opposite of what I thought we were going to be. I thought we were going to be that team that maybe comes into the SEC early and gets some wins we shouldn't. 
because there's other teams with younger players trying to figure it out while we had a bunch of vets doing it. Maybe even like uh, Alabama during the COVID year where they had all those vets and everybody else couldn't figure it out because of COVID, you know, and I didn't think we were going to win the SEC or anything. I thought we had some really hyped up teams in Kentucky and Arkansas, and they've started to, you know, Kentucky especially has fallen. They've fallen out of the top 25 in Arkansas. I don't know what the scores in Missouri right now, but they're losing some of their stars. So this kind of scenario you were looking for is a vet team that could kind of take advantage of maybe some teams that are struggling and figuring it out. And now we've just, you know, it all comes down to honestly, and, and this, I think this really is, it's Chance and Johan not working out. And they thought they were going to work out. We don't even, we didn't even need them to be close to Kessler Jabari, but we needed them to bring some of that ceiling power, some of that like more athletic than anyone you got on your team, even if they're not the most polished guy yet. And we just don't have that threat out there. And it's really showing. And I think we have the tinker here with Jalen and, Jonai right now on give the ball down to them. I think you have one more tinker left if that doesn't work and that's throw them all back out there again and see if something can click and you have that for another three or four games. And if that doesn't happen, you really tense up and you just try to turtle with some of our vet guys and say, make the tournament, <laughs> just figure it like well, there won't be another strategy of like how to fix this team. It'll be, you guys want the tournament that's here's the, here's the team, make it happen. It, it's a great comparison. It really is. You you were spot on. I I, I just I had to fact check you because I was like, did we get second in the league that year? We did. We were three games behind Kentucky. We went twelve and six though in the league, and I think we were probably going to be uh you know like a a five seed in the tournament, which is people forget like that's really good. We've been a four or five every time we've been in or a two last year, but like that's hard to do. Um, and that's a great and that team won you remember all those close games they won they were always That's exactly not, what i was expecting this it, this team it, would have that vet kind of like yeah wins wins it close when they need but, to has that, who, those clutch guys yeah who did that team have though that was the the guy he became the guy mccormick oh samir dowdy we samir do not dowdy. have a samir dowdy happy birthday samir his birthday was like two or three days ago but uh, you're right we don't have that star guy that goes and gets us the points when we need it that's what we're missing we're missing the chance westery the chance we thought we had well, and, and people are going to say, and I totally get it. At this point, we're almost halfway through the year. Um, a lot of people are going to say we are what we are. And to a, to an extent, that's true. The The joy of coaching and playing is that their job is to not think that way, right? Like you always have to be ready to do the next thing, to get to the next step, to take the next game and just build on it. North Carolina last year, great example. They were out of the tournament. They were under 500 in league play. They caught fire. That's not going to happen with this team, not making the comparison, but we've seen weird stuff. We always talk about final Four team being seven and seven in the league before they won 12 straight games or whatever. Um, that's not going to happen, but you can get better and you can figure some stuff out. I was fascinated when we thought broom was going to at least maybe be out for tonight. I was fascinated to see how that was going to play out with Cardwell um, and, and what that might change and what it might look like. So is there going to be a moment where, Flanagan goes down or KD gets hurt or Zepp gets hurt and chances back in, in the rotation again. And he looks healthy and more confident. I don't think so, but it could, heaven forbid Jalen gets hurt. Does Johan get all those minutes and find some confidence? Like the beauty of these seasons is there's so many games and you get these long story arcs, right? That's why we do this pie. It's a lot of fun to talk about the players and see what's going to happen. So I would just encourage everybody you're right. The, the the margin for error is just so small. Like as bad as things feel, as bad as they are, you had a, every opportunity to win a game on the road tonight. I don't think Georgia's the worst team in the league. I think they're 9, 10, 11, something like that. They're on the bottom half. 
they've played better. They're undefeated at home. This was their biggest win for sure, but they look better. Did they not look better to you than they have the last couple of years? Just watching the Mike game? White's gotten coached up. It looks like might have made him look good, you know. Uh, and I, I, it's just different, right? It's a new voice. It's a different style. So anyway, that um, we talked about in the text here right before this, I think that uh, Mike White could, might be the next Frank Martin or Kermit Davis that's got Bruce's number that just kind of understands how to how to beat Bruce a little bit, how to get him him rattled. So we'll see if that's how it works out. I hope not because we need to keep being Georgia. But do you, do you think? And maybe this isn't the silver lining. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like what happened tonight in Athens against a not good Georgia team is close to basement for what this team can be. I just don't see us getting much worse than this. I feel like this could be about as low as it gets. And if you're buying stock in the team, this is a good time to buy stock because I think there's only, I think there's, I just, I look at these players, we've seen too much out of KD and Wendell and even Flanagan and even Jalen and these players to say that this is the best we're going to get out of them. You know, like it's got, it got to be better than this just on a baseline. It's had the balls just didn't quite go our way tonight. Shots didn't go in. There's some weird ref calls. That I didn't, I felt bad about that. It, nothing that like turned the game, but still just a kind of a avalanche of things. You know, this has got to be close to the basement. You, you hope. Um, but I think here's what I've noticed with not just our fan base, but just people maybe who don't watch as much basketball, like, after wins, the stock is always too high. <laughs> and after losses, usually the stock is way too low. Uh, typically, you're somewhere in the middle. Um, that's just a, maybe that's a, that's a life thing, too. I think. I think that's how life goes in general. But I don't think they're this bad. And again, if you think they're this bad, fine. But like, how are they this bad and almost one on the road? I mean, I, maybe people don't have a healthy enough respect for that part. I think they're going to be in a bunch of games. I was so thankful we won that close Florida game, you know, like when you, when we've got a chance, it just feels like we need to kick the door down and get the win. Right. Cause we know there's going to be some games where we're probably overmatched. Um, it, I agree with you. It feels like a low point, but I just don't know about the offense. I sent y'all a, a graphic of that Kansas state, Texas game. That was one sixteen to one Oh three in regulation. Can you even, what sport are they playing? We're not playing that sport this year. Like there is no, I mean, we could score. We're, 100, we're, I guess we're but. setting college basketball back an era here. <laughs> the new era is starting to head towards the NBA. We're scoring hundred points, 80 <laughs> points, 90 points. We're setting us back a bit. It doesn't have to be that way. Now we could talk, we could do a whole podcast about how Bruce's teams have always been in the top five of scoring offense. Almost every year he's ever coached, not going to happen this year. So for him, this is kind of uncharted territory. The offense isn't always pretty, but it scores points. This year, it's not scoring points, and I think it can work, but we've got to be completely bought in. The identity, what's the identity you talked about? It's got to be defense. It's got to be fundamentally sound defense. It's got to be rebounding and then taking care of the ball on the other end. It's it's like I can't make a comparison to another sport that I really want to make a comparison to, but uh, it it's it's conservative, right? It, it It's not our DNA, and I, maybe that's what we're struggling the type of game we need to play right now is so not us. It's not Bruce Pearl. It's not what this program was built on, but with the personnel and what we've seen so far, you almost have to grind it to a halt and play really fundamental half court. Play like, play like Virginia out here, score every game in the fifties. Yes. Oh, gross. (laughs) That's the one bad part. This, this team is not great and it's also not super fun to watch. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's a lot more fun when you're winning, right? I, I hear your point. 
Uh, if you win a bunch of close, low-scoring games, though, I think people will be pretty pretty happy, especially if they come against, you know, a, a good teams like Alabama and Kentucky and Tennessee. But um, I don't know. I, I, it it Our staff is so good, and they've been so consistently good since they arrived at Auburn. This is clearly one of their biggest, toughest jobs to try to maximize whatever this team has to survive this gauntlet. It is a gauntlet. Um uh, it, they have their work cut out for them and the players do too. There's got to be more ownership on the defensive end. In my opinion, the offense is what it is and we need to be better. We need to tinker. We need to do all the things, but man, I, I just want to see us cling to that defense, like no easy baskets. Like we're going to box our, we're going to box out. How many times was Janai alone going for rebounds tonight? A lot. A lot. Um, Everybody rebound, you know, everybody box out, everybody do the Chris Moore, Zep, Jasper stuff. If we can be that, that's what that team you talked about. We need, we need something weird to happen outside the, the basketball team here. I think this would be, you know, uh, what's that that TV show on Apple TV with the coach? Ted Lasso. Ted La- we need some Ted Lasso situations here, some weird like motivational speeches and little like quirky things to get this team engaged. I feel like Bruce is going to have to channel a little Ted Lasso here, or we're going to need something weird to happen off the field to rally the community together behind this team. And we represent X, Y, and Z. We've seen it a thousand times in college basketball and college football. We saw it with a, in a different sport with like a kid that had cancer and that team goes off and beats the number one team or whatever. You know, I don't want to wish any bad things to happen, but something, something, you know, four and 14 with that, with that team that won the sec in 2018, some sort of motivation that brings this team together to brings the intensity every night. And it's going to be uh tough to find and manufacture without something else outside of the game. Well, like we need to take a trip to, you know what we need to do? We need to get these guys, these boys up early in the morning, Whistle them out of bed, start jogging. Don't tell them where to go. You end up in a civil war battlefield. Talk about how America brought together the how black people and white people can get together. And and tonight we'll remember the Titans. <laughs> oh man, that's uh we need something. And the only other point I would make about that, this is gonna be a real test of our fan base's basketball maturity. Um, it's gonna be real easy to tune this team out for for students. For people who are in Auburn and in the surrounding area, maybe they have tickets. Maybe they're just like, ah, I don't know. This is when you've got to ratchet it up. Like the the our home games are so pivotal to this season. You can't. We've said it already this year. But as you watch this season play out, every time a team comes in there, it needs to be like last year when we were dominating. And that's hard to get people to do. But if we want this team to be you know, a tournament consistent team and we want to give them what, what's the only thing we can give them as fans, right? Is, is the support, the energy, the environment. And it does make a difference. Like you, the calls, the, the, the things tonight that didn't go our way, they tend to go your way a little more when you're at home. Like that would be my only challenge. And and that goes for us too, as just fans watching, like it's going to probably be ugly. It's not going to be the year we want it to have. It doesn't seem like right now, but the beautiful part about college basketball is there's three, really four seasons right and you just kind of stick with it keep paying attention keep supporting the team keep memeing when we can meme and uh you know don't give up halfway through the year like let's show some uh let's show some tenacity a little bit well if you're, if you're keeping up with our uh sec prediction <laughs> podcast host competition we have, if you haven't heard about it yet i'm gonna keep posting about it on twitter and instagram but we have a competition going between different uh podcast hosts in the auburn sphere 
And tonight, everyone picked the Georgia game to be a win. So there will not be any change in the uh, scoreboard here amongst the different hosts. But the next game, we have about a 50-50 split between Arkansas for win versus loss. That'll be a big one to see who takes the lead on uh, who gets the wins. I think I'm the only one that picked us losing to Ole Miss. Oh, Mm -hmm. nope. Uh, Ike Jones from the War Report picked us losing to Ole Miss. I think that looks very losable now. I think people kind of picked those as our early you know, options for wins away. But uh, that's kind of the SEC conversation. Take a look out for uh, new graphics. Ben's making some new graphics for the uh, Instagram and Twitter and different things. So that'll be fun. Uh, hopefully we'll have some interviews in the uh, coming weeks. And I don't know if we want to talk real quick about SEC, if you can pull up some SEC schedules. I know we talked about Kentucky and Arkansas and different people having some struggles out there. Yeah. Uh, and again, this you, you just never know. Missouri – through a game and a half is the surprise team in the league. They beat Kentucky uh, in the opener. They are beating Arkansas at halftime right now uh, in Arkansas. Uh, let me get to this here. Kentucky is out of the top 25 after yeah. losing to Missouri and just playing not great basketball. They're not looking good out there. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, you hope this team is good enough to maybe take advantage of that in Lexington. Uh, I doubt it after watching tonight, but you know, we still haven't won in Lexington since the eighties. It'd be real fun to pull something off. Um, let's go to the standings here. Yeah. Kentucky's not, not playing great right now. Um, the, the, the bad part for Auburn through two games is that uh, Tennessee and Alabama look really good. <laughs> and that's not what any of us want to see. Uh, tennis, uh, uh, Kentucky, Alabama is this Saturday, by the way, that'll be an interesting matchup. So Alabama and Tennessee are at two and zero right now. And then you've got Missouri trying to stay undefeated on the road at Arkansas. As we uh, do this, Georgia is now 1-0. Vanderbilt's 1-0 with an overtime win over uh, South Carolina the other night. And then Auburn and Kentucky are 1-1. LSU's 1-1. Again, the goal for this Auburn team was just to hang around. So you want Tennessee and Alabama to lose and give everybody a loss and just see if if you can beat Arkansas at home. See if you can beat Ole Miss and then – you know, it, it really does just take a couple games to go your way to all of a sudden you look up and it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's not so bad, <laughs> but it's tough to get them when things are going like this. It feels like things are struggling a little bit. And so we're not alone in the struggles, but uh, we'll see which ones we can bite off here. Any other thoughts for the end of the podcast? No, not really. Frustrating loss. I really hate losing to Georgia. Um we we have struggled in Athens and on the road a lot. We struggled against Mike White. Maybe we should have had a little more respect. And you just thought I think Auburn was six or seven point favorite tonight. Um, I I think we can safely say this year that Auburn was given a lot of benefit of the doubt nationally in rankings and all that, um, which is good because it gives us some leeway to kind of figure some things out. We're still pretty highly thought of in a lot of metrics and a lot of things, but. Um, we got a lot of work to do and I just, I need, I need the defense to be better and I need Jalen to score. <laughs> That's what I need. And then, yeah, uh, there's a lot. I'm, I'm done. I'm done talking. My, my final thoughts are RIP Arnold's country kitchen in Nashville. Great establishment going out of business meeting three had to bring it up because Matt had it on his tabs <laughs> here, but, uh, Man, uh, sad I'm gonna to go. go. I'm gonna go Friday night for dinner. Go get them. They're like Penny George's, right? Penny George's and Auburn, yeah. another meet and three establishment. It's like that in Nashville. R.I.P. Uh, thanks guys for listening. Uh, sad it's a loss. I hope uh, everybody keeps listening during these losses. I think we'll we'll learn a lot 
you know, talking with each other. So and hopefully we'll have a fun one next time against Arkansas. It's a big matchup. Yeah, just so everybody knows, late night game. I think it's 8.30 Eastern um, for Arkansas Saturday night primetime at home. Let's make it a good crowd. Let's see if we can see if this team can bounce back and kind of restore some hope for the Auburn people. War Eagle, Matt. War Eagle, everybody.